I think we're about to see the best um, best time for real estate investing um, of our lives. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you're ready to get involved in real estate, you know, the next 12 to 24 months is going to bring some incredible potential and amount of value. It's yeah. just a matter of being able to find those deals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's two things going on. Welcome back to the Passive Road to Retirement Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Jarrett. Today, we're joined by Renato Jaramel. Renato is an investor and founder of Jaramel Capital. With experience in investments and construction, he has an investment portfolio of over 2,600 units. He's worked on projects that range from hospitals to multifamily properties. A few interesting projects he worked on include a 26-story, 516,000-square-foot assisted living facility, and a 157-unit multifamily high-rise. Renato is super passionate about construction and real estate investments that bring financial freedom to his investors and employees. He lives in Orlando, Florida, and enjoys traveling, skiing, and scuba diving throughout the world with his wife. Renato, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, pleasure being here. Yeah, great to have you. So, So you're from Brazil originally, and now you're in the U.S. Exactly. Um, now, maybe you can kind of give us a background of, you know, your real estate experience there and then also, you know, what you're doing here. Yeah, definitely. So, so I grew up in Brazil. Um, real estate has always been kind of like my passion. Uh, I grew up in a family that were builders. Uh, they build real estate in Brazil. So from a young age, as always well around, you know, the building construction aspects of things. So that always kind of intrigued my, uh, um, intrigued to what I want to do, you know, being around mm-hmm. that kind of environment. Um, and always looking at real estate, you know, my dad was, he was a dentist, but he was always looking at real estate in the weekends, <laughs> which really got me interested in doing that. So um, I started my real estate portfolio by buying a few units in Brazil, um, along with my dad and my family. So I managed some of that, um, some office space as well. Nice. And, uh, and then I always wanted to, you know, to be in the industry, um, which made me come here, you know, come to the U.S. for school, uh, mm-hmm. where I got my degree in engineering. Uh, so I have a dual degree, both in uh, structural engineering and then electrical engineering. Um, oh, wow. And throughout my engineering career, um, I basically worked in buildings. Uh, and that's where you see those projects I, you know, talk about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is like multifamily. Um, whenever I got started, you know, in working in multifamily on the engineering concept is where um, I started talking to syndicators and figuring out how the whole syndication process and owning apartment buildings kind of took place. And that's what really intrigued me to move on to, you know, buy real estate syndicate um, and now looking at some construction projects on that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's I'm sure, not easy degrees to get, both of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really cool being a part of a team and building such, a, you know, massive projects. Um, definitely a lot to learn on those. That's awesome. So what, um, I mean, how long does something like that take to build? Like 516,000 square feet and, you know, how, I guess, maybe you can describe that project a little more. Yeah, so that 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 project was a, a multi-living facility. So it's uh, that was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I worked on that project for about two and a half years. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's a pretty long project, and that's that's only on the on the you know project management side of things. Okay. So I went in usually on you know owner concept. So we talked through how the expansion was going to be, how the building was going to come into play, um, and then after the whole architect engineering. Uh, uh, came into play, which was a good like year long uh, process. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got a GC involved where, you know, 
more construction materials and all that. That's the, you know, another two years or so. <laughs> and then construction started, which was another two years, about two years of construction uh, because it was high rise that took a bunch of uh, uh, extra steps. And uh, we were like hitting the pandemic there. So it was a, you know, few issues are there as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, Slow down. And then because of those issues uh, on that building itself, you know, it's a high rise right in front of the lake. Uh, so the winters, uh, if you don't close the building, there's a bunch of delays because, you know, you don't close. So there's winters right. and all that. So it was definitely an involved project to be a part of. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I learned a lot. And that's that was my first project that was more multifamily related. And then from oh. there, I worked on a, quite a few different multifamily projects. Nice. Is that your favorite kind of project now is the multifamily? Yeah, definitely multifamily. Um, I think, you know, from my perspective is where I'm able to involve the most amount of people. Uh, um, and I like to have everybody winning around me. Yeah. I always say that if I'm going to do a project, I wanted to, you know, involve as many people as possible, uh, create relationships and be able to have my whole team, my whole partners uh, uh, winning. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where I found to be able to, you know, create better freedom uh, for my investors, my, my partners and everything. Uh, and that's why I focus on multifamily because, sure. it, you know, the whole mindset of multifamily is, is where I found to be able to create the most uh, abundance and freedom as to what it relates to me. Yep. More of a team sport. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, everyone. Hope you're enjoying this episode. Are you ready to maximize your real estate investing to its full potential? Join us at Level Up REI Coaching and take your life and business to all new levels. Send an email to nick at leveluprecoach.com. That's nick, N-I-C, at leveluprecoach.com. Now, you do a lot of networking. Maybe you can kind of uh, give our guests, you know, and the, and the viewers a little information about why you do that. And, you know, obviously, like you said, it's a win-win for everybody, but uh, you're mm -hmm. traveling a lot, you know, networking a lot. Maybe you can kind of go into why people should be doing that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, this podcast is a mean of networking, you know, you're not necessarily yeah. uh, learning one-on-one, uh, -on -one, but you get to know people and then reach out, right? Mm -hmm. um, I like to tell people that I'm a terrible networker. <laughs> uh, from a very young age, I was always shy, not talking to people and, and not, you know, not saying too much. Uh, so I'm not a good networker by any means, but I like to use the, what I call the sniper method of networking. Mm -hmm. So I know exactly who I'm going to whenever I'm in conferences and talking to people. Um, right. I get to know them a lot uh, through podcasts or through other means before I reach out. Um, and I know exactly what I need, not necessarily what I can take of that person, you know, what I can learn from them, but I know exactly what value I can provide to them. Um, so right. on the networking side, you know, I try to find conferences, find, you know, different meetups, different things that, I get to know the people in a more one-to-one uh, -one level because that's where I'm good at, you know, the one-to-one -one and um, and then being able to provide value. Yep. So that's that's what I found the, the most, the most you know, when I can provide the most value is usually where I get the most value as well. Sure. Uh, and that's what I try to do. Makes sense. Now, before you go to a conference, do you look to see who's going to be there and kind of pick out who you want to talk to? Like, my, this is my top three or four people. Is that kind of like your sniper method like that? Yeah, usually, um, you know, usually I get to know them a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. If You know, if I listen to, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I think that's how I started um, learning more about multifamily was through podcasts. Yeah. So I try to listen to quite a few podcasts. And then, of course, there's, um, you know, little uh, 
little specific podcasts that you get more value of others and, and whatnot. So sure. uh, I try to find those uh, niches. And then if I listen to somebody in one podcast, I try to listen to the same person on other podcasts uh, and get to know more about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I hear something of, you know, hey, I'm going to this, you know, to this meetup or to this um, conference, uh, then I try to go there and, and meet them as well. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we have a pretty recent uh, meetup that we do in Orlando, uh, yeah. in Europe part of it as well. So um, we're able to, to meet a lot of people there. And, and um, that's one way, you know, uh, to really expand on my on my networking is through through the different uh, uh, meetups and, and conventions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and anybody, you know, everybody watching, if you want to DM, you know, me or Renato, and we can give you the link. We do uh, every other month is online. We bring a guest speaker into to speak. And last, last month we had a uh, infinite banker on there, which was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was great. It has been, you know, fairly new, pod, fairly, fairly new meetup, but uh, mm-hmm. we've had great feedback and uh, it's always great to have people there. Yeah, absolutely. Now you've got, uh, so you got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, what is, what, like, what are you most excited about right now in the real estate space? And then is there anything on the horizon that maybe keeps you up at night or is a little concerning? Yeah, I think, um, I think we're about to see the best, um, best time for real estate investing um, of our lives. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you're ready to get involved in real estate, you know, the next 12 to 24 months is going to bring some incredible potential and amount of value. It's yeah. just a matter of being able to find those deals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's two things going on. The whole, you know, potential recession, whatever you want to call it. You know, some people think we're already in a recession, but you're not. But either way, we know that interest rates are going up. Therefore, mm-hmm. cap rates are going up. So there's an incredible amount of value that's being created if you can buy on a high cap rate market. Right. Because as we all know, if interest rate go up, cap rate go up. So allows you for to buy deals, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's most likely going to be uh, sometime that interest rates are going to go down and therefore cap rates are going to go down. So you're going to have an immense, immense amount of value being created at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, construction is amazing in the Southeast because there's so many people moving. So right. there's an incredible amount of value being able to create there. Price of construction is coming down. A lot of people moving Southeast. So great there as well. Um, and then, so that's the second thing. And then the third thing that I just, you know, uh, came to mind is because there's this whole uh, transfer of capital because of uh, baby boomers to, you know, baby boomers are becoming now, uh, you know, living the workforce, uh, right. you know, switching. So there's a 5.1 trillion. I was just in a meetup last night and, and they really? explained this around. Yeah, $5.1 billion of uh, capital uh, transfer between baby boomers and, and everybody coming into the market. So, wow. so I think it's an immense amount of value that you're going to see within the next, you know, 20, uh, you know 12 to 24 months. Mm-hmm. It's just being able to being enough, have enough knowledge and, uh, be ready to to take advantage of that, you know? Yep, I agree. I mean, we're seeing stuff, uh, you know, a million to four or $5 million discounts already. <laughs> yeah. We've got another two rate hikes coming, you know, one next week and then another in December. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, there's always those owners, you know, that they don't, uh, uh, they take a little bit to, to get adjusted to the market, you know? Right. But as soon as you have a loan that comes due or anything like that, you're going to see those incredible deals come into play. Yep, exactly. So maybe, uh, no, I know you've done quite a few deals uh, this past year. Maybe you can kind of go into, you know, one of them and kind of how it was structured and, you know, and how, and what it was. 
Yeah, so um, I'm fairly new to real estate uh, in terms of uh, the syndication game. So within the last year, uh, we had three main deals that we we took a piece of, which was two in Jacksonville and one in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, Learn a lot about those deals. So the main thing I did is provide value in terms of construction because I have background in construction. I'm always trying to get involved on that. Yep. Uh, so I, I focus on deals that, that value add and I can add value in terms of construction and then raising capital, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if there's anything specific you want to do, you want to know about the deals, but usually that's what I come into play, like, you know, coming in as a, as a GP partner, being able to provide value in terms of the, the construction piece um, and then raising capital. I mean, deals uh, always an easy way if you're looking to get into syndication, you know, find a specific niche that you can provide some value and everybody really needs uh, capital raising uh, yeah. skill. Um, sure. You know, <laughs> if you don't know, SEC guidelines don't allow you to only raise capital. So make sure that you're, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for something else, but finding that niche that you can provide value on and then, and then uh, raise capital. Uh, on my Jacksonville deals, one thing I like to say is we start raising capital from international investors on that deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of me being from Brazil, I have some connections there. Yeah. We started raising capital. So that capital structure was a little bit different. Uh, uh, to be able to raise from international investors, but it's something that we were able to do, and we're you know, we're looking to do more of that um, international capital into in US and 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 some better returns for for the Brazilians. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. Now, a lot of, I agree. I mean, if you can raise capital, you can be in any deal you want, basically. And everybody needs a capital raiser. Mm-hmm. I guess. Do you have any? Uh, any points or tips for somebody? Because a lot of people are scared to ask for money or, you know, what do I say? You know, anything you can, you know, kind of give the listeners as, as advice for that? Yeah. So, um, you know, I learned, started learning capital raising because I knew that was a way in basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, knew, I, I knew people that wanted to get invested, right? Yeah. Um, but there's three things that you should do whenever raising capital, I say, you know, it's the no like trust. Um, I see a lot of people talking about that, uh, you know, create your list, create the connections, uh, create that no like trust scenario. Right. Um, and it's, uh, if you have those three things to play, it's uh, much easier for you to be able to raise capital. So I always try to, um, you know, build my list. That's something that I didn't start doing from the beginning, but Mm -hmm. always when I go to conferences, I, you know, go to meetups. Um, I try to talk to people one-on-one, see what they value. Then I put people in buckets, right. Um, I know what they're looking for in their uh, in their investments, and then I provide a value specific to what they're looking for. So I try to, you know, I'm looking right now for people that want to invest capital um, in like new builds, for example, right? Mm-hmm. It's something we're trying to do. So I know people that are interested in in construction, and I reach out to those people and I say, hey, look at this many people are moving into uh, to Tampa, to Orlando, you know, to to Florida, and so forth. And I give those statistics um, and I say, hey, we're looking to do this uh, within the next you know, 12 months. Uh, stay tuned. Yeah. And I just keep uh, giving value and providing opportunities for them to talk to us directly. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. the migration. I mean, I heard I was at a conference last week. And as you know, I mean, we have like 1,200 people a day was the, the stat they gave of people moving to Florida, which Very is incredible. impressive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, and if we look at that rate, you know, uh, that's one thing I, I try to to look a lot in terms of what is the amount of units being built in a specific location right. versus the people moving. 
mm-hmm. uh, right now, you know, in the in the central Florida area, uh, we're looking for one to three. So there's one one you know percentage of people uh, uh, percentage of units being built to a two thirds of people moving. So there's right. an incredible deficit of of units coming to market. No wonder they had 20, 30% rent growth in a year, you know? It's crazy. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you have to with that kind of ratio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is there any uh, daily habits that you have that kind of keep you motivated or, you know, keep you driven towards success that you have right now that you keep doing? I know I've seen you posting some uh, some <laughs> stuff recently actually about it, so. Yeah, so uh, I went to a conference specific on that very recent. So uh, something I... For sure, like the best conference I've ever been in. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's something I I've been talking to people a lot about that, uh, which is funny because my my accountant is the one that I actually put together, and oh, you right. never think about an accountant putting an accountant <laughs> yeah, together, yeah. right? Right. Uh, so so that's <laughs> very interesting. But they they provided me a concept called day one, which means you know every day is basically day one. So what what do you do every day that's changing what you have in ma- in mind or what your goals are? Sure. Uh, so some things I do on a daily basis are, you know, coffee is like my ritual. I think <laughs> a lot better when I drink coffee. So that's one thing, like I have an incredible amount of like pleasure when drinking coffee and all that. So uh, drinking coffee is one thing that mm-hmm. follow one another, right? So while I drink my coffee, I, you know, write my goals down. That's one thing I do every single day. And then when I write those goals down, I have pretty, you know, high level, some things that I really scare me. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to achieve that. But then yeah. I think back and I'm like, what are going to be my tasks for today? That's going to be one step closer to that, right? Yep. Um, so that's one thing I do every day. Um, I also enjoy working out. So that's where mm-hmm. I kind of keep my mind uh, to, you know, just, just thinking and, and seeing what I can be achieving during the day. So I, you know, drinking coffee, writing my goals down and working out. I've definitely the three, the three things that, um, I do on a regiment on a daily basis without, you know, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I drink a ton of coffee. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can, I can, you know, hear you there. Um, have you had any deals that you've done, you know, throughout your course that didn't really go right or something happened maybe uh, that came up unexpected you could kind of share? Yeah. So when I started work, you know, when I started doing deals, not specifically syndication, but single family deals. So I, you know, I bought some deals in Brazil, uh, along with my dad. Um, uh, and it's not that you didn't go right, but it's just the, the whole concept of single family for me did not work at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the main reason for that is, you know, we, we bought one unit, um, and then we rented it out and then we couldn't get the rent. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, we would go knock on the door and then they would have an issue and be like, you got to fix my toilet. And, uh, until you don't do that, we're not paying your rent. So we would go do that. And then they'll find another excuse and then they would move out and we'll be down. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started, you know, looking for larger units. So duplexes, fourplexes. And then, uh, we started figuring out that that was kind of the same concept. I was like, okay, how big do I need to scale? to not have those issues on a daily basis. Yeah. And that's when I, you know, learn more about multifamily and being able to buy multiple units on one location. Um, and, uh, for me is really creating that the community feel, right. Uh, I think multifamily is more than, you know, if you were able to have a multifamily complex, um, you know, in any, you know, in an ABC class multifamily concept, whatever that may be, 
find a way to to create a community. So have somebody on site, which we yeah. can do on a fourplex and all that. Right. But having somebody on site that knows your knows the people that are there, they create they can create like some community events. Uh, um, if they bring in somebody else into to you know live in your community, there's some sort of uh, uh, camaraderie or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, they're more likely to take care of the property, pay your rent, mm-hmm. uh, and then one one you know if you have a 30, 40, 100 unit building, uh, if one two you know ten people leave, you're still not down on expenses. Right. So I'd say that would be like that would be my uh, uh, the project that didn't go well is whenever I was buying small and thinking too small, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of you know that forced me to change my mindset and moving on to to larger properties. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, if you have a single family and it goes vacant, you're 100% vacant. 100 unit, one moves out, it's 1%. Mm-hmm. Much different feeling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like you said, the unit turnover, I mean, it kills you. Vacancy and, and turning units is, you know, what, what it takes from your NOI. So mm-hmm. if you keep, like you said, people happy in their units, you're going to have better NOI and better returns. Yeah, I've tried doing the, the single family thing in multiple different aspects. And you know, right now I had I had an apartment. Um, I still have an apartment in, in Brazil, which is like our family, uh, you know, our family beach apartment from when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still go there once in a while. And we're like, why we don't put that on Airbnb? So yeah. I know a lot of people like Airbnb here. If you like Airbnb, reach out and help me out because <laughs> it doesn't work for me. So uh, we've had it in the market in Airbnb for, for some time. And um, it's just... You know, it doesn't even cover expenses right now. So really? I wow. definitely appreciate people that do well in Airbnb, but uh, uh, that's another example of something that didn't go well. And, you know, it's it's mainly about, you know, what you focus on is what you achieve. So True. for me, multifamily is, it, is what I like. And um, that's a way for me to, you know, like I said in the beginning, I can bring up a bunch of people along uh, and we can all win together. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, Airbnb, I've never, never tried it. Um, but I know a lot of people who are successful at it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That'd be nice. I mean, it sounds like a nice one right on the beach. You'd think, uh, it has everything to go right, you know, but, uh, but it's definitely not, not working right now. So trying to to learn a little bit more from it and, and Mm -hmm. we'll probably sell at some point, but yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, if you go back to say your 18 year old self, is there anything you would change or do different, uh, knowing what you know now? Uh, for me, I mean, uh, the main thing would be mindset. Um, I like to say that I changed my mindset with the, you know, as years went on significantly, mm-hmm. uh, but usually you, uh, wait till drastical times for you to change. Uh, so it's not something, you know, most people are not looking to change their mindset. It's something that they're responding to that allows them to change their mindset. Right. Yeah. Um, so for me it was whenever, you know, I moved to the United States, I changed my mindset a little bit. Um, I had. Uh, unfortunately, my dad passed away when I was fairly young, so that completely changed my mindset. Yeah. Uh, and then I like I try to look at things on on the good way, right? So all those things allowed me to change my mindset to the better. Uh, but my 18 year old would be like, okay, what can I do today to change it? Um, and for me to be, you know, being around people that think bigger, uh, writing my goals down on a daily basis, I was not doing that. I had I definitely had dreams, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was trying to achieve those things, but I didn't have anything concrete. It was all kind of spatial, right? right. Or we want to, you know, have so much revenue or provide something or make a donation to something. So I always had this big vision, but I never write it down. And whenever mm-hmm. you don't write it down, 
you don't achieve it. Um, you know, I like to, I really like a phrase that say, you know, to achieve anything, you must write down something. Um, so that is for me, you know, writing my goals down. Um, if I went back to 18, I definitely would be, you know, writing those goals down, going to conferences and being surrounded by people that have achieved what I want to achieve. Yeah. They always say your network is your net worth, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's definitely true. Yeah. Now, is there any, uh, any books or any, uh, any people in your life maybe that have been influential and kind of, you know, helped you make that leap? Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of people, uh, and I'm very fortunate to say that and definitely some books as well. Um, probably, and you know, there's a lot of people that say this, uh, but reach that poor dad has been one book that completely changed. I think, you know, school should be, uh, uh, should be giving that book out and having right. people read that book. Yeah. Uh, cause it, you know, you don't learn almost anything about finances or anything like that in school. So exactly. if they allow people or just made people read that book, uh, when, when people are in high school or middle school, you know, mindset would change and that definitely changed for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like to say that that was one of the books that, that definitely uh, made my mindset change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what really, uh, one step that really changed my mindset is going to uh, conferences. Um, so I went to a lot of Grand Cardone conferences. There's two people, you know, some people that hate Grand Cardone. Some people that hate <laughs> Grand Cardone. Yeah. Uh, I fortunately, whenever um, I kind of had a similar um, similar story to his, Mm-hmm. So whenever I heard about his story of his dad passing away, that kind of related to yeah. me. Uh, yeah. And that made me read the 10X rule book, which mm-hmm. that made me change my mindset in terms of goals and, and potential, right? Yeah. Uh, so that was very beneficial for me. Uh, and I'm very grateful for, for Grant Cardone because of that, um, mm-hmm. the mindset shift and all that. So I learned a lot from that. Yeah. Um, so I like to say that he was a big influential thing. Uh, uh, for me, just, just from that concept. Um, also my dad, um, I didn't have him around too long of my life, but I think both of being him around and teaching me what he did, um, as well as to him passing away and that whole aspect of it, uh, uh, those two things kind of taught me. Um, and I like to look at it as a, as a good thing per se, you know, the whole thing provided me a different aspect on life and, and, yeah, made me where I am today. So yeah, exactly. I agree, man. I like I do like Grant Cardone. He does make you really like push your mindset. You know, if you really listen yeah. to what he says, I think uh, I think it's good. Well, I'm sure yeah. your dad would be proud of where you're at today. That's for sure. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm always always you know I think back and I look forward and I always try to you know what can I what can I do to to change the mindset of people around and make those things go for the better. And that's one reason why I raised capital from, from international investors, really. Um, you know, if my dad had the possibility of having people raising capital, um, I would be in a better position than I am today. So I'm trying to give the position to people, uh, to people in Brazil that, you know, kind of in that same scenario. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So I guess I was going to ask you, what would be uh, like your number one strategy for passive income? Is it kind of like mm-hmm. investing passively in a multifamily or what? You know, what would be uh, your number one? Uh, yes, that's how I started. Um, you know, I was in engineering, so I knew quite a bit about real estate. Um, and then everybody surrounded me, you know, everybody in my office, uh, all my coworkers and all that, they all invested in 401ks and all those things. Yeah. And I never liked the stock market. I never understood it. Uh, mm-hmm. There was one time that I lost significant amount of money in the stock market. <laughs> and I was like, well, 
I'm going to learn it. Then I started learning about day trading and that didn't work out. So I was like, okay, uh, real estate is really where I want to be at mm. and just focusing on that. And then I wanted to learn more when I learned, when I figured out that multifamily was an asset, right? Before I didn't know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I was like, well, who can I invest with that I'm going to get the most amount of value and mm. learn how to play the game. Yeah. So I invested passively in multifamily since then. Um, within six months, I took my entire capital out of 401k, out of all my investments yeah. and put everything into multifamily. So I'm all in into multifamily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking forward to, you know, selling the the little bit of single family and duplexes I have yeah. uh, to move forward with multifamily. Mm-hmm. The management is just so much easier than the multifamily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love to, you know, break it down to people, especially, you know, especially my Brazilian investors. You know, what's the difference between you renting, you know, you have owning a, a single family in a, in a condo complex and renting it out or investing passively in one of our deals. Um, and usually the numbers are so close. Um, and that's not talking about the whole appreciation and tax deduction and all that kind of crazy right. stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, so when you break those things down, I, I truly am completely sold on a multifamily and investing and, uh, and I don't only, I don't only raise capital and, and do my own deals, but I also, you know, investing with other people as, as LPs, because, you know, mm-hmm. I truly believe on the, on the whole concept. Right. Exactly. Now, what markets uh, are you targeting, you know, passively and or active? Yeah, so we we have and we target uh, definitely, you know, Sunbelt Southeast is where we like. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like landlord friendly states yep. <laughs> like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, so mainly, uh, you know, Texas, Georgia, North South Carolina, Florida. You know, we love Florida. I think there's huge potential in Florida. Um, and I also like Tennessee. So right now, passively, I own in Florida, Texas. Uh, Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, and no, that's it. Florida, Texas, Georgia. Yeah. Uh, but we definitely look in Tennessee. I think there's some potential there as well. Yep. Uh, Florida is definitely one of my top ones. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I love Florida. Now, uh, if there's one question um, you would ask yourself that I didn't ask you, what would that be? Man, that's that's a, that's always a tricky one. And I, do <laughs> I know, <one>. right? <laughs> uh, there's so there's so much, but um, man, that's I had something in mind and then kind of lost track. But uh, you know, co- construction, I think it's something that I would uh, like to talk about more. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something I love talking about. Yeah. So um, I can could talk about construction forever. I think that's uh, there's a lot of potential there uh, uh, in the coming you know new coming new year and if you know a few years ahead. So it's something I'm going to be focusing more on into construction as much as possible, specifically to multifamily construction. I still wanted the whole concept uh, into being able to easily manage properties uh, and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everybody looks for value add and there's no more value add than new build. Uh, yeah. It's just a matter of, <laughs> just a matter of <laughs> looking at the right locations and, uh, um, having enough of a market to to provide value to, yep. especially with your background in construction and your engineering degrees, I mean, makes yeah, sense, you know, yeah. So, now, uh, where can people contact you and reach out? Uh, so the best way to reach out to me would be my Instagram. Uh, so my first name, last name, Jr. for Junior. So Renato Jeromel Junior. Uh, that's my personal Instagram. Uh, that's where I'm mostly active. 
and I'm pretty active in all social media as well. So I always like to, if you find me on social media, feel free to message me and, and reach out. Uh, and like Andrew and I said in the beginning, uh, we have a meetup in Orlando. So if you want to, you know, talk to us face to face, I think that's a, that's a way to just getting to know us a little bit better. Um, and, uh, that, that would be the two, two best ways I'd say. Okay. Awesome. Always available to, to answer questions and talking multifamily and construction. I just, I just love the industry and truly passionate about it. Oh yeah. Now we can meet up for a coffee and talk for hours, you know, so it's, uh, it's fun. You know, I like doing that. It's great. We have, we have a good time. So we'll get into our, well, five to thrive now. So this is the uh, word association game. So I'm just going to run off, you know, five words and just give me the first word or phrase that comes to mind off the top of your head. The only thing is you can't repeat your answer twice. Sounds good. All right. So the first one is investments. Freedom. Real estate. Work. <laughs> Cash flow. And that's not that's not easy to not repeat. I know, um, right? <laughs> yeah. Cash flow. Potential. I like that one. Networking. Connections. And Jermel Capital. International investors. I like it. <laughs> well man it was great to have you on the show i really appreciate you coming on awesome yeah appreciate appreciate you and, and it was a pleasure talking to you and being here yeah i'll talk to you soon